Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Thanks so much for joining us on this Thanksgiving weekend. Good show lined up for you today. In a little while, we will be joined by Andre Knott, the tremendous sideline reporter for the Indians on Fox Sports Ohio. And he also helped myself and Tom Hamilton out during the postseason the past three seasons with some reports from the dugout area and uh, just general great sports knowledge and a fun person and I think you'll really enjoy our visit with Andre we take a pretty deep dive into a lot of things be it Indians LeBron James and uh, his background as well so I think you'll find that uh, an enjoyable interview on this Thanksgiving weekend edition of Tribe Talk but first a big week for the Indians this week is on Monday they unveiled their new uniforms and some changes to the uniforms as uh, they head into the All-Star season, the 2019 All-Star game to be played at Progressive Field. So uh, some minor changes there to the uniforms, but also the introduction of a brand-new color jersey. A red jersey is uh, now a part of the home rotation, and a different style blue jersey is part of the road rotation. Jason Wiedemann is the Indians' director of brand management, and he said Monday's announcement was a long time in the making. Yeah, absolutely, Rosie. It was a it was a great day for us here uh, at Progressive and able to share uh, the output of a lot of hard work from a lot of people over the course of the the past 12 to 18 months working uh, here collaboratively uh, across many people in many different departments, working with Major League Baseball and also uh, working with our players. Uh, obviously, big input into. Um, what they what they wear, we want to make sure that we know what they're going to feel comfortable in. Because when you when you look good, you play good. You mentioned that. Did uh, 
anything humorous come up when they were talking about what they'd like to wear that that maybe didn't come out in the final result? <laughs> uh, n- nothing specific, Rosie, but I was amazed at how in tune those guys were with not only uh, the history of our uniforms here with the Indians, but what other clubs are wearing. Um, you know, I think when you think of baseball players, you just think they throw on their uniform and, and they go out there and they play. But, you know, they they have certain accessories they like to wear. They have certain colors they like to wear. And they're really in tune with what's going on across baseball and other sports, really, as far as latest uniform designs. And, and the guys, as you could probably guess, are pretty opinionated. The, the biggest change, there'll be a red jersey option at home for the Indians, and, and that's uh, different from what they've had the past several seasons and really goes back away since they have, have worn that color. And, and how did you arrive at that, and uh, what did you think when you, you finally saw it, uh, at least on, on a dummy model so far, but uh, certainly something to look forward to for the players to wear? Yeah, like you said, this is the first time since the 1970s that we'll have a red jersey, and uh, with 2019 obviously being uh, an all-star year here in Cleveland, uh, it afforded us the opportunity to uh, do some updates to our uniform. We're obviously going to have the all-star game patch throughout the year, uh, like all all-star cities do. Um, but we also wanted to do something to freshen up our on-field look. We know that red is a popular color with our fans. The past couple of post-seasons, we've asked our fans to rock their red. Um, so what better way to... Uh, sort of memorialize it in 2019 than to introduce a red uniform. And when we started showing samples to some of the guys, I think they were really excited. They love the energy that red provides. I know a lot of them like to wear red uh, batting gloves and red sleeves, and we thought, let's just put it on a uniform because we think that's something the fans are going to love as well. That's Indians Director of Brand Management, Jason Wiedemann. Karen Fox is the Director of Merchandise for the Tribe as uh, she has her finger on the pulse of things going on down at the team shop and she says at the team shop during this holiday season red will be the big color to be sure well initially i think our fans are going to gravitate towards the new red jersey i mean i think it's an exciting color kind of going back to uh, the 1970s when we had a red jersey Uh, we have of course the all-star game patch on the jerseys this year and we have lindor and ramirez player jerseys as well in the red so i think the fans are really going to gravitate toward the red this holiday season and you mentioned the the red back in the 70s and i know in in recent seasons just a a game or two here and there they've worn those kind of throwbacks uh, did you get some feedback as you were going through this process that, that that would be the way to go if you were going to add another alternate jersey? I think as far as, as adding another color that the red was a great option just because of the history, you know, our history. So I think that um, I think our fans will really like it. Uh, fun to have some new things going on in terms of uniform. Yes, it is. I mean, we'll have we have the new home uniform with the, just the slight variations. We have the navy. We have the the gray jersey, and then we do have the red jersey, which is also available in women's right now as well. And the Francisco Lindor number, very common. I would imagine that's a no-brainer these days, huh? Lindor by far (laughs) is our best-selling player by far. (laughs) Thanks, Karen. You're welcome. Happy holidays. So there it is, the Indians unveiling their new uniform combinations earlier this week for the 2019 season. Stay tuned. When we come back, we will be joined by Andre Knott. A lot of fun coming your way after this break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. 
Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Welcome back to Tribe Talk on this Thanksgiving weekend. Thanks so much for joining us wherever you are tuned in to our show each week. And this week, something a little bit different as we usually try to do over the holiday weekends. We are joined by Andre Knott, who does great work and has become really uh, a vital portion of the coverage of Fox Sports Ohio, of Cleveland Indians baseball. You see him down Outside the dugout, uh, not only getting good interviews and insight, but uh, getting abused as well by players and coaches alike <laughs> and manager Terry Francona. Andre, thanks so much for, for uh, taking some time here on this Thanksgiving holiday weekend to join us. Not a problem, Rosie. It's nice to do an interview and not worry about getting water or seeds thrown at me. So I appreciate I'm thankful for that as we start this Thanksgiving weekend off. I'd like to start right there, and, and then we'll get into the funny stuff. But thankful uh, – you know, I think a lot of us take for granted what we do if, if we're enjoying our jobs, whatever it may be. But you seem to really appreciate uh, where you are, what you do, and, and how you do it. And uh, where does that come from for you? And how much are you thankful for uh, the current spot that you're in? Oh, I'm extremely thankful for the spot that I'm in. Um, I, I think it's a great question where it comes from because I was just talking to someone about this this past weekend. Um, I, I think it's the understanding, you know, of, of being a kid from Northeast Ohio. Um, and I think every kid that around here in Northeast Ohio, we all kind of had the same dreams. Every kid has a dream, you know, to play, play for your local team or, you know, to play, you know, to play in a stadium or things of that nature. And I come up from a family that just always told me to appreciate where you're at. And I think uh, for me, being able to do the Browns sideline games for six years in my 20s, um, I wasn't probably completely prepared or ready. Uh, but it came to me, you know, at a time where, you know, I was there, I was, I, you know, it was, you know, unfortunately, Casey Coleman got sick and I was the next man up. And I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about just career wise that, you know, you got to be prepared, you got to be ready, but you got to appreciate the moments and times. Um, because, you know, I, I come from a family of, you know, uncles that were, that have worked in factories and that, you know, worked in factories or were teachers and not that they ever complained about their jobs, but, you know, we talk about the grind of a baseball season. Um, well, I know that, you know, for you and I and for a lot of people that do the jobs that we do, it is a grind in the middle of August when, when you've been going, but it's not the grind most people go through. And I know when, you know, people turn on the tube at 630 or 7 o'clock to watch an Indians game, um, they want to say you'd rather have a smile brought into your living room and have some fun uh, than, you know, someone drag you down. And I think, you know, you and Hammy do the same thing on the radio. It's, it's entertainment. You guys are a part. Um, and I think that's the one thing I realized. I grew up watching, listening to the Indians games. Um, Herb Score, Hammy, all those guys have always been a part of our, my family, even before I was a part of their family. And, and so I, I understand that. I, I remember what it was like. I'll say it this way. I remember what it was like being a fan watching Indians games um, and, the, and what that meant and how, you know, we would have dinner at 630 so we could see first pitch at seven, how our family life, like, you know, went around trying to see the first inning or first couple innings of the game before we had to go and do whatever we had to do. So, I guess, Rosie, I'm just, I know that I'm blessed. I would be blessed if I was doing this job anywhere in the country. Um, but it means a little bit more to be doing it at home 
uh, having family around and being able just to be a part of something that was, I, I'd be paying attention to Indians baseball, whether I was doing this job or not. I'm blessed enough that I'm actually being able to be there. Um, and it's nice to be able to make a, 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 you know, a grandmother in Rocky River know about Jose Ramirez just as much as it is the kid that's living in, in Akron, uh, finding out what makes Jose Ramirez tick. I know that's important because I was that kid at one time. And you mentioned that. And I think when you first came on and, and started doing your current job, maybe a lot of people thought, well, wait a minute, he's the Brown sideline guy and, <laughs> and he's a football guy. What is he, right. you know, how, what does he know about baseball or, or along those lines? And, and we'll get into the, the baseball background a little bit, but it seemed like the transition was seamless. Was it? And, and what were some of the challenges that you had early on? Um, it was, I'm glad it looked seamless. It was some, it was nerve wracking because, uh, you know, you know, I was, it's funny. I was talking to Terry Pluto a couple of weeks ago, uh, the writer with the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And he's always, he's someone that I've known for a long time. And I told him when I was getting out of college, the job I have right now didn't exist. You know, like, I, and I'll give Fox a lot of credit. And I'll give the Cleveland Indians a lot of credit. Um, they kind of gave me a, an open space to kind of figure out and navigate where we were going to go with this. Um, I, they've allowed me to be myself. Uh, they've allowed the, the team has allowed me to be myself. Um, but I will, I would say in the beginning, cause it was different because Rosie, you, you never know in production wise and how, how, how players are going to react. Um, if you tell too much or if you don't tell this or, or you're sitting too close to them, I think the coolest thing is those guys let me in with, with open arms and slowly, but surely I've kind of found my place and you're right. Um, I've had that football moniker placed upon me, which I'm fine with, which I was fine with. It hurt my feelings a little bit. It, it was funny to get, you know, you don't know how you're recognized or your ID until others tell you, right? Like you can walk around in your mind thinking like, Oh, you know, I'm a guy from Akron. I really love football. I love sports, but because I'd done football for so long and because you know, football is what it is in Northeast Ohio, I got that for about even Terry, Terry Francona said it to me. Tito said to me, he goes, Oh, they just told me you're the football guy. And I go, Tito, I've interviewed you for the last two years. I've interviewed you all last year on the radio. <laughs> I go, I do more than football. And he laughed. He goes, oh, that was you? <laughs> so that's where that love-hate relationship started. <laughs> right, right, right. And he goes, he goes, are you the guy that called me coach on the air? And I go, no. I, I go, I know better than that. Um, but that, you know what, that almost made it cooler, though, because even players would say to me, hey, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be in football? You know, that was one of those things that broke the ice for me. Um, and I think it was cool to be able to show people that I actually love baseball just as much as I love football. So let's set the record straight. You played college football at Kent State, but I know you and I have talked about uh, youth baseball, and you had oh, a pretty yeah. good career at, at St. V, St. M, or St. Vincent, St. Mary's down in, in uh, the Akron area. Uh, how big were you into baseball as a kid? Oh, just as big as you could possibly be. I played in all the traveling teams. I actually played in the Cabo, the Continental, um, and then I, this is uh, this is my Al Bundy moment of this program. <laughs> At 14, I played the Little League World Series uh, for the, the Cabo World Series. We went to Chicago and played in that. We were the fifth team in the nation. Um, played in state championships in baseball at St. V. St. M. Uh, my junior year, we had a really good baseball program. Uh, made some all-district, all-city type teams playing center field at St. V. Um, baseball is, is a huge, like I said, it's just as much, it's a, a huge love. And I think the one other thing, and, and you have kids that are, that are in that age, that in that age group now, um, the cool thing for me, and I'm sure there'll be people that are listening when you grew up in the nineties, like I did in, in, in Northeast Ohio. And we had that Renaissance with the Indians with Omar and Jim Tomey and Manny Ramirez and 
just like we like our our parents had never seen anything like this. But that made you want to play baseball when you had those teams, Rosie. Um, I thought the baseball scene in the '90s was so fun uh, because we it, at times it was like a softball game the way they with the walk offs and the way they played. Um, it made you want to run to the diamond and play. And and, I, and that's like I said, I remember that now as we are in this, because it's very close to that same thing. You know, you can talk about Lindor. You know, that was a crazy, I did an interview two, two years ago, I think with Sandy Alomar. And we were in Kansas City. And I brought up just some of his favorite walk-offs and favorite moments with the 90s teams. And at the end, I said, well, you know, now that you're around Lindor and, and Ramirez and watching this edition of the Indians, does it compare? And his eyes got huge. And he says, absolutely, Andre. He goes, it's just like it. He goes, the only difference, he goes, those two kids on the left side of the infield are super, superstars. I just played with stars. <laughs> and it was one of those moments where I didn't have the next question. <laughs> he caught me off guard because I'm going, wait a minute. You play with Omar Vizquel. You play with Jim Tolman. He said, yeah, but these two kids that we have right now, they're as special as it gets. Pretty good perspective right there. We need to take a break. When we come back, uh, fans know Andre not as this happy guy who's uh, real positive, but there have been some broken relationships. Mustard, Terry Francona, <laughs> Brian Shaw. We will go behind the scenes and see if we can find out what happened in all of those cases after this timeout. As Tribe Talk continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. A couple of years ago in Atlanta, you'll love this, Rosie. He, I was bringing up, ah, that's the first time we've scored with two outs or something. He looked over at me and he goes, could you wait till after the game to ruin my day and tell me how bad we've been? And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> And I'm live on the air, and I'm just like, uh, don't come back to me for a while, please. Uh, but this year, we're in that rain delay in St. Louis, and I'm going, and I can hear my I can hear my producer in my ear chuckling, going, oh, no, get the camera off. And Tito took one of his bombs, his gum, or whatever else you want to say he puts together, and he stuck it on the top of my head. And I got to tell you, it was the nastiest thing that ever happened, but the smile that I got, that I turned around and saw out of him... <laughs> I go, you're evil. And he said, just keep standing there. I'll see what else I can throw at you. Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhouse, back with you this Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, we are pleased to be joined by Andre Knott, good friend of the program. We had him uh, on the broadcast during the postseason, uh, providing some great insight from uh, the dugouts, and he does it all season long on Fox Sports Ohio. Fourth season just completed, and uh, Andre's with us talking baseball and uh, some fun memories. And Andre, you know, you, you have great relationships with most everybody in, in that dugout and, and the clubhouse for the Indians. Let's start at the top. Terry Francona, 
it seems like a love-hate relationship. <laughs> what happened along the way that that uh, just seems to bring out the worst in him when uh, when you show up at certain points? I, you know what? I think with Tito is <laughs> I, he knows that I'll go I'll go there. I guess is the way you do it. You know, most uh, managers, everyone kind of tiptoes around certain things they will or will not say to him. Uh, and to me, I think it's better sometimes to just break the ice. And it took me a little while to do it. And, and the one thing I learned about Tito is, um, I'll admit, my first year, I accidentally called Cookie Carrasco Fausto Carmona. Don't ask why, Rosie. I just did. <laughs> I just did. You, you, you like, and I wasn't thinking. And Tito totally knew exactly what I meant. And his face got bright. And he goes, hey, idiot. You mean, he goes, who are you talking about? I've never, I've never managed him. And the room had that, that moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody like kind of like stopped. It was like he just called him an idiot, and I start, <laughs> and I just start chuckling. It was like I meant cookie. And afterwards, Tito laughed and he, he pulled me aside and he goes, "Hey, I knew who you meant. I just wanted to, I just wanted to break. He goes, I just like breaking the monotony, um, with you. I think the thing about Tito and and you know this as well as I do, and I think the fans of Cleveland have found this out. Um, he appreciate he knows that we have a job to do. Um, but I think he, he uses me um, and he uses what people I'm not saying using a bad way, but he knows to keep his clubhouse loose over, you know, 200 and some days of trying to keep guys ready um, that he'll use any person to get a chuckle and to break the ice with his clubhouse. And I understand that sometimes I'm that foil that he uses, <laughs> whether it's throwing something at me. You know, we were in St. Louis this past year and I really thought he liked me because we were talking about Stan usual before the game. And remember we had like that quick rain that we had like a, a yes. weird rain delay before we started the game in St. Louis and I'm doing a stand-up and I'm right in the dugout and I got to tell fans, and this is quick, when we're in Cincinnati, Texas and St. Louis, and there may be one or two in Atlanta, um, I have to sit right next to Tito. And that is like my nightmare of nightmares <laughs> because he can hear every, he can hear me, but you know, he can hear me on there. And usually like, I don't, it's not like I, you know, I beat up Tito. But a couple of years ago in Atlanta, you'll love this, Rosie. He, I was bringing up, ah, that's the first time we've scored with two outs or something. And he looked over at me and he goes, could you wait till after the game to ruin my day and tell me how bad we've been? And I'm like, <laughs> 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 and I'm live on the air and I'm just like, uh, don't come back to me for a while, please. Uh, but this year we're in that rain delay in St. Louis and I'm going and I can hear my, I can hear my producer in my ear chuckling going, oh no, get the camera off. And Tito took one of his bombs, his gum whatever else you want to say he puts together and he stuck it on the top of my head. And I got to tell you, it was the nastiest thing that ever happened. But the smile that I got, that I turned around and saw out of him, <laughs> I, I go, you're evil. And he said, just keep standing there. I'll see what else I can throw at you. <laughs> that is Tito. We see the good side most of the time, but you see the dark side. <laughs> yes. I see the dark side. All yes. right. Another, another person associated with the team. He's gone now pitching for Colorado, Brian Shaw, who uh, maybe the, the best good pitcher who took more heat from fans than, than I've yeah. seen in a long time, but uh, a very enjoyable person to, to be around. Nice guy, uh, but man, he gave you a ton of, of the business. What? He did. Why? What happened? <laughs> well, and this is for for young people out there that that think they want to do my job or do a job like ours. I was told when I first got in the business and I was working, you know, over doing the Browns, I was told. Hey, you know, on a football team, there's, you know, 50 some odd guys. That means there's 50 odd stories. Right. And I was kind of told the same thing going to this is 25 man roster. Know the 25 stories. Just don't know the, the only three. And Shaw was going through one of those periods of times where he'd given it up a little bit. And 
and the fans were kind of killing them. And I continued, and, and look, I'm not patting myself on the back. This is my job. Um, and you know this, Rosie. I continued to go to his locker every single day. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Hey, you know, <laughs> there were a couple times where he'd look at me and go, why do you keep coming over here? And I, <laughs> I go, like, and I told him, it's my job. I go, I, and you know what ended up happening with that? Because Brian did take a lot of abuse from the media and from, and from fans because of those moments. Um, there were a couple of times where he did give it up. And, and, and in my job, I try not to, in postgame, um, I try with relief pitchers. I try to treat them a little bit differently. I don't go to them when they have a bad game, but I try to go to them when they have a couple of good appearances. So when I do have to go to them in a bad game, um, they know that I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to embarrass them, that I see both sides of the, the table. And I think with Brian, uh, at first he thought I was just this annoying. I was like a gnat, <laughs> you know, like I would never go away. But I think at the end, we, him and I end up having a really good relationship because I always was the same person and I always came and talked to him every single day. Now, lo and behold, I didn't know if he got to like me, that meant he would throw more stuff at me, <laughs> but he did. And even Tito said, he goes, I've never seen Shaw talk to anybody like he talks to you. So I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I think it was a bad thing. Just looking back on it. Not good. Yes. All right. Andre not joining us uh, from Fox sports, Ohio. Um, the Indians have, have a couple of mascots slider, Mustard, ketchup, onion. These are, are they're very popular with the kids. Yes. Uh, probably there's some adults who put up with them, but generally they're they're friendly. You and yeah. must you and mustard. Something happened there that's not good. Uh, what happened with you and mustard? Well, first of all, I've always been a ketchup guy, and everybody always says that ketchup was a cheater, and I was saying no. Ketchup does what he must do to win games. Onion is, is a beautiful lady that's just trying to do her job. And, and, and that mustard always is taking her, her taking her purse. And he's always a guy behind you. He's putting up two fingers behind your head. He's that guy. Mustard's that guy. He's a guy that always wants to, you know, he wants to come up behind your picture and mess around. And I, and I had to make a stand, Rosie. I had to make a stand one way or the other. You can't like all three. Uh, now, if it was stadium mustard, I may be able to be a little bit different with it. But I'm not for that yellow mustard guy. Uh, like I said, he always wants to be behind me on TV. He always wants to put two fingers up behind me. Um, I don't trust him, Rosie. I just don't trust him. And, and when you're dealing with when you're dealing with mascots on a daily basis and you can't trust them, it's not good. Now I say all of that, but I'll, I'll let some people in on something. I actually absolutely love the character that's the guy that's inside there. Um, and I'm a parent, and my kids absolutely. Matter of fact. Have they Day been before? scarred by your relationship with mustard? Yes. My kids go to bed at night and they say to my wife, make sure if anything happens to daddy and mustard, you record it so we can see it in the morning. <laughs> so on Sundays, you know, the kids run the bases. So this is one of the best things at a ballpark, especially for, for us that we, when we work the way we work. And I come out from doing my job and lo and behold, last game, last game of the season that we had run the bases, Rosie, this is how bad that mustard guy is. I come out of the dugout. And I look, and I'm trying to find my kids to run the bases. And lo and behold, who do you think is running the bases with my son? Oh, that's low. M mustard. That is low. <laughs> it is low. <laughs> he goes to the – and he looks at me and waves and smiles. I wanted to run him down, but I can't do it in front of my son. So uh, that is a true love-hate relationship, but I, I will give Mustard credit. Uh, he's creative in finding ways to annoy the heck out of me. He's done a great job with that. Yes, he has. We'll come back with uh, some more thoughts from Andre Knott as we continue on Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. 
Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. It's our final segment on this Thanksgiving weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll see if the hot stove heats up a little bit more next week. Some things going on in uh, the major leagues and uh, the Indians with quite a bit of uh, talk surrounding them on what they may do, but uh, so far very minimal activity for the Tribe. Andre not joining us from Fox Sports Ohio. Andre, what are you, what are you hearing? Um, I mean, obviously Buster Olney has put out uh, yeah. what's out there, and, and uh, Ken Rosenthal, the same in terms of players that other teams have inquired about. Uh, what's your gut tell you between now and the start of spring training? Well, uh, look, I think the one thing that the Indians have that's great for them, that's going for them, is, is their division. Um, but I, I think that they're doing their, the due process, and I think they're doing the job that they have to do. I think, when you, like you said, when you see Buster Olney and the different reports from Ken Rosenthal, uh, I can understand how fans can, you know, you, you see a name and, and you react. But I think they're doing their due diligence to find a way to try to catch the two teams ahead of them. I think that uh, the last two playoff series that they've played, I don't, I know Tito says, you know, neither one affects the other. But I think you saw a lot of what's, what, you, what you have to deal with to get back to the World Series. Uh, and with the financial constraints that are there, they're real. Uh, they're not fake. They're real. And I think we all have them in our own lives in different ways. I like that they're listening because the one thing that I think we would all agree with is that this is a team that can get to the playoffs. And I think when people hear it, they make a rebuild. Well, I don't think it's a rebuild. I think they're trying to find the best way possible to beat the Boston Red Sox and beat the Houston Astros. And you may have to, may have to cut back a little bit to get some strengths, but, uh, and it, you know, you see like the trade they made with Pittsburgh, uh, you know, and talking to Pittsburgh people, there are a lot of people that said, you know, if their team didn't have three all-star outfielders, they would have never traded this kid. So we'll see. That is that excites me to get some new young blood here. And I think when you see what Chris Antonetti uh, and, and Mike Chernoff have put together so far, um, I'm interested to see if there could be a move made. Not that I want anybody to be gone per se, but I'm interested to see what the team will look like because um, a little new juice might help. You know what I mean? You know, like teams, I think can get a little monotonous a little bit, and, and maybe getting a couple young guys or different guys that are excited. I mean, we saw that with Yonder Alonso last season. Rosie, like, you know, when there were those dog days and you're playing Detroit for the 15th time and it's hard for them, you know, he, Yonder was the one guy that would tell me, he goes, hey, man, I'm excited. I love this. I love that we're going to the playoffs. I think that's good to have sometimes, just keep guys uh, motivated throughout a season. Uh, a player who, gosh, at this point in time, it sure seems unlikely that he would be back as Michael Brantley as uh, he's yes. out on the open market now. Uh, you know him as well as anybody. When you hear... Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff, Terry Francona talk about not only what he does on the field, but what he is like in the clubhouse. Just from personal experience, I mean, he is as rock solid wow. as it gets. And just a quick example, uh, if if we're looking for Michael Brantley for a pregame interview, you stop by his locker, ask him if <laughs> he has time, and he'll say, hey, I'll meet you in the dugout at 4 o'clock. He'll be there at right. 3.59. 
And right. that's for you, just, for you, for you, right. for those, he, you know, whatever, but uh, for me, for me, he would tell me no. And then he would walk up to me five minutes later and say, let's go. Right. But, you know, I just think, um, you know, his upbringing, I think had a lot to do yeah. with it. He, he just, you can tell his parents did a heck of a job because no, he's no. polite. Uh, he gives you the business obviously, but, but when, when it's important, he does the right things. And, and I think they will miss him. What, what impact do you think it would have if, if he is not here next season as the team tries to move forward? Everything you just said, I agree with. Something bigger to me that I've paid a ton of attention to is, is Francisco Lindor swears by what he's learned from Michael Brantley hitting-wise. Um, the hitting coaches are great, but when your peers um, give you the information, I think it means a little bit more. I think for all of our jobs, you know, we have bosses and we respect them, but a peer can help you and, and guide you unlike anyone else in any job, right? And I know that Francisco Lindor and Jose Ramirez, the two guys that he batted in between the last last year, um, they swore off of, especially if it was a right-handed pitcher, uh, they were all hitting lefties. Michael Brantley's words after seeing a pitcher meant the world. One thing I have in the, where I get to sit during games is I love, it's so fun to listen to those guys come back to the dugout and say, hey, well, this guy's pitch is moving like this or it's moving late or it's doing this. And I got to tell you, after Michael Brantley hit second in the game, Rosie, Every guy, whether it was Jason Kittness hitting in the bottom of the lineup or whether it was Francisco Lindor hitting above them, they wanted the scouting report from Brantley. And I think that tells you how much his teammates trusted him. They knew the work that he put in hitting-wise. Um, yes, we're going to miss Michael Brantley, but I think, I think, and I think Frankie knows this, and I, is that you know you, the torch is going to have to be handed off of leadership. And I think the one thing, the hard work, the dedication – um, we know Lindor now comes in early and he hits early every day. And a lot of that comes from seeing Michael Brantley do that with his dad and watching Michael work through the injuries that he had. He has put upon these young kids that are the young guys. I shouldn't call them kids. He has shown them that with hard work, he proved with the season he had last year that all that hard work he does, hitting off the tee by himself. You know, he's old school. He doesn't need anybody to pitch it to him. He would go in there, hit off a tee, and he would just say, I got to hit up the middle 10 times in a row on a line drive. He wasn't trying to hit home runs or do anything like that. He taught those guys that. And I think that work ethic has been passed down. Um, but I think we're just going to miss that smooth guy that just could flip it the other way, one on one, two pitch, right? Like you, you take it for granted when you don't get to see it every night. All right, we're going to finish on this. And I don't know if about two and a half, three minutes will be enough for you to address this. But uh, it's a fun way to finish. LeBron James came back with the Lakers this past Wednesday, first time in town since he uh, joined the Lakers over the summer. When the Indians were playing and the decision was being made to, to leave the team again uh, by LeBron, everyone, coaches, players, hey, Andre, what do you know? You were the inside guy. Um, there's, I don't know, various rumors out there on how on what impact you had on LeBron James's career. I don't know. But uh, – What's your relationship with LeBron? How close uh, did you come to, to knowing him real well, or maybe not as well, but at least by association, same high school, things like that? Yeah, same. Yeah, I would say that with association. We know each other. Um, as he once said, the, the, the best comment he's ever said about me, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'll say it, is that uh, this is probably in his first, it was in his first tour with the, with the Cavaliers. I went up to the PR person and I was like, hey, can I get him on something else afterwards? And uh, the PR person said, well, I got to talk to him. And, and I looked over LeBron. LeBron goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I can do that. He goes, I had to look at him every day in the, in the locker room when I was getting ready in high school. Because at St. V, when you make All-Ohio or, or in any sport, they put a picture of you as an athlete up. So there's a picture of me in the locker room. 
So he always remembered me for that. So he always took care of me that way. Um, he, you know, I know that there are people that all have their, their opinion, uh, but to know where this kid has come from and to watch him, and, and the, I can remember watching him as a 14-year-old uh, play basketball, play football. Uh, it's been amazing to watch because I can still go to my high school and, and he just put up way more pictures of me than him at St. V now. He just named the gym after himself. But he's been tremendous for the Akron area. Um, I, we can talk about basketball, but as a person, what he's done in the Akron area has been just tremendous. I come from a family of educators, and, and I can tell you my sister's a teacher. And what he's done for the Akron public school system has been phenomenal. Um, what he's done from St. Vincent St. Mary has been phenomenal, from uniforms to books to just giving his time. Uh, it's been tremendous. Uh, and, and, you know, it's it's weird to see him in that Laker uniform that still hasn't gotten normal to me. But I got to admit, this time around, Rosie, it's been a little it's been almost fun to watch him play now because I don't have a I don't care if the Lakers win or lose. I can just appreciate him as a player. Um, and I think this is the, the, the thing. I think whenever he's done, I think you'll see him around here a little bit more because I think being a part of Northeast Ohio means something to him. Well, Andre, our our time has run out. We probably could do a whole nother hour, but um, thanks so much for coming by. The as fans know, you you need the off season to kind of recharge the batteries, but you do miss the the day to day, and I miss seeing Jose Ramirez smack you in the head at every opportunity. So yeah. that's well, the the tough part of the off season. You sit me behind me on the plane. That's how you know if he's in a good mood or not, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for coming by, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. I'm sure. You got it, Rosie. Take care. Have a wonderful holiday, everyone. That's Andre Knott from Fox Sports Ohio. Just finished his sports season. Where did that time go by? Wow. And we will uh, join you next week again with our hot stove editions of Tribe Talk. Thanks to Brian Matze, as always, for helping put together the shows each week, along with Anthony Alford back at our network studios. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.